Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of Global Detection Adventures. This is episode 17 for anybody who's keeping count, and obviously Dave and I are. And joining me on the other side of the world is the person I just mentioned, Dave. Dave is sitting high above Lambeau Field, watching a rather iffy football game at this moment. Well, hello! Are we still doing the voice, Lance? <laughs> I don't know. Hello! <laughs> Did we discuss No, we're not that? doing the voice anymore? <laughs> I don't right. think so. Hello, everyone. Dave D. here, broadcasting at the GDA Studios in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And, Lance, can you believe this is our 500th show, less 483? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm really excited. It's actually watching this thing kind of grow from if you ever go back and listen to episode number one and then the first episode where you and I were actually talking. Uh, this is just amazing. It's like the I can't even think of the describe the differences. It's it's so it's. Yeah, it gets better and better every it, week. It does. It, it's, it, it practice evolved. makes perfect, right? Yeah, definitely has. This has been, no, we've been really around for almost a year now. Yeah, uh, we have the Facebook group. With about over 5,600 members. We got the GDA website. We got Team GDA is really forming because we got Gary from XP. Yeah. Uh, Cyrene Kim Price. Yeah. Uh, we got Patrick White. Butch Holcomb. Butch Holcomb. And speaking about Butch Holcomb, he's from American Digger Magazine. Yeah. Did you hear the good news? No, not at all. Really? No. Wow. What's up? Uh. That's weird. I've been out of the loop uh, this week. Butch and... is going to do a front cover spread and a big article about us in his magazine. Really? Well, he doesn't really know about it yet. <laughs> uh, he's actually hearing it for the first time right now. <laughs> so I just want to put that out to him. You think my uh, subliminal message was just a little too subtle? <laughs> That's why it was news to me. I, I didn't yeah. even Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Bush will be listening. He'll be hearing it a little bit later, and then hopefully, uh, maybe we'll we'll get that spread. Well, well the good thing is, is uh, Butch has officially become our news correspondent, so he's going to be doing the news tonight. As a matter of fact, yeah, looking forward to that. Butch is a really great guy in the metal detecting industry. He's got a great magazine out there. Um, if you haven't subscribed yet, you got to get that magazine. It's just full of full of full of uh, how do you call it? Chop chock full of nuts and bolts yeah it's got the knowledge Met base that's inside that thing is amazing in the news but uh we have a really great show for you guys today um lance why don't you introduce these guys they they started off their major sponsor of, of us and you personally so why don't you introduce the boys from england yeah, well, let me go ahead and explain this. Uh, Global Detection Adventures, uh, the podcast, was an idea that I came up with probably in around January. And um, I put out a couple feelers to a couple people to see, you know, is, if anybody wants to do it. In fact, I'd even written Dave, and Dave was kind of, eh, I don't know. And uh, so I went ahead and recorded the very first episode, which is still available on iTunes if you want to download it. Uh, but uh, it was a test to see exactly how the uh, the idea of a podcast and metal detecting would work. 
And once I did that, uh, then I kind of put out some feelers to a couple other people. And one of them was uh, last year, my wife had actually purchased me a new digging utensil for metal detecting. I had a problem with bending over and always going on my knees. I didn't, I didn't have a pin pointer at the time. So I would literally have to bend down to my knees, dig the hole, stand back up and re-swing the hole and do that three or four times until I finally figured out exactly where the, the item I was digging was. And she bought me the Black Ada Extended Invader. And I had loved it so much, I decided to kind of see if anybody at Black Ada would be interested in helping sponsor a talk show about metal detecting in a podcast format. And um, I'd gotten a hold of them, and I guess uh, all three of the people who were basically running the company had a conversation and got back with me, and lo and behold, next thing you know, the the Global Detection Adventures podcast presented by Black Ada became a reality. And now for the first time in almost a full year, we've got all three of them. I'd like to introduce everybody to Archie, the creator of the Black Ada, Nathan. Hi, Hi everybody. And Nathan, his son. How's it going? And Matt, his other good son. E- good evening. So these, how you doing, boys? These are yeah, the creators. Yeah. These are the creators of what I consider to be the best metal detecting digging utensil that's on the market. So welcome to the podcast. Finally, in almost a year. Great to be here, Lance. Great to be here. Thanks for the, the invite. Yeah, it's it's great having you guys on. And I've been lauding about you guys' tools for ooh, good year and a half now. I think it's been since the first time I've used it. And oh, you might just blush. i mean if i think about it i've had the extended invader for over a year and a half and the only thing that's happened to it is that a little bit of paint right on the tip of the the shovel has come off and that is it so yeah the stainless steel version i probably should but you know i like the black one it just kind of has that powerful look when you're walking through yeah you know, you find well, a you, black hawker on your field, you have that black ad extended invader holding it like a club, they're gonna go running. Well, <laughs> you guys you guys created the I guess the second most important thing in metal detecting besides your metal detector is the you know, the shovel to dig the hole with. Now uh, who's yeah. whose idea was that and how did how did this all come about? Actually, uh, Lance, that was mine. I'm Archie. Um we was uh, when we first started. Um, I used to use um, a spear and Jackson tool, a normal gardening tool. Mm. Uh, I'd only been digging a, a couple of weeks, and it bent, and it was terrible. Well, I'm a tool maker by trade, uh, so what I did, I went back in my garage, and um, I bent a bit of steel here and there, and we created the very first one. It was a ripper. Ball a ripper, and if you got a, uh, you've probably seen it on the on the. Um, it's on the website. It's actually. on the website, yeah. and it's got a steel guard around it. It looked like a medieval fighting weapon, you know. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I lead loaded it. Before we put the handle on, we put lead down down into the tube, and then put the handle on, and you could battle through everything. Mm. Any roots that come up, you just smash through it, you know, and. Um, we, we, like my friend who introduced me to metal detecting, who is Alan Atkins, out the Judas Priest. <laughs> he, um, 
Me and Al yesterday. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let's step back a little bit. Let's, yeah. W- w- you said you're friends with the guy from Judas Priest. From Al Atkins. Who's, he's who's metal? Atkins, yeah. He's a metal detectorist too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They started me off. <laughs> wow. And we used to go drinking in the pub together, you know. And um, <laughs> I mended his car once and uh, somebody had broke into the boot of his car and uh, I mended it. And the next day, his wife came round and I said, where's Al? And she said, oh, he's gone off metal detecting. I said, hey, wow. I said, I've always wanted to do metal detecting. Another night, Al came over and uh, he said, come on, we'll go for a drink. I said, I don't know you did metal detecting, Al. And he says, yeah, and he said, oh, it's a lot to keep low profile, you know. I says, wow, man, you got to check me out. And it started from there. And then uh, I made all the – there's four of us. There was Al Atkins, Brian Bentley, and Kevin Hill and myself. And um, but I got the nickname Articus Barbaricus. <laughs> and uh, and uh, <clears throat> then there was Atlanticus, that's Alan. Caventicus from right and uh, um, Broy Basticus. Broy Basticus is his name because he used to go absolutely crazy if he didn't find anything. And, uh, and uh, the four of us, um, we used to call the Samuel Scratters, and uh, we used to go all the way around. And I invented this digging tool. And one by one, they all had one, and they said, This is the best thing in the world. There's nothing to touch it. So they said, why don't you make, make these tools? And I said, oh, nobody will buy them because it was a bit uh, – we used to make them in the shed, you know. Bit, they weren't professionally finished, you know. Mm-hmm. They haven't got that, uh, that uh, manufactured finish. And um, anyway, they said, why don't you make them? Well, I agreed. I said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Because Alan had stopped uh, writing his songs – and um, and Kevin was writing a book on metal detecting. Well, I said, if you two do that, then I'll make this tools. So well. that's exactly what we did. Alan's got his about his twelfth or fourteenth album out now, <laughs> and um, and I, I started making these digging tools. And um, we took them. In, first of all, before I, well, I was hammering them out on the bench, bashing and banging. Well. I took them into Red Ton Limited, that's our, uh, our local uh, metal detecting shop. And he looked at them and he said, mm, oh, well, yeah, you know, a bit rough like. But anyway, <clears throat> I left them there for about 18 months. Nothing happened. We sold one, I think. And then I was a bit down in the mouth and my wife said, why don't you make them properly? And I says, what do you mean? I says, well, you're a tool maker. Make some tools and manufacture them properly so they look a professional finish. So I said, okay. So I got my act together, made some tools, and me and Matt and uh, Nath started knocking them all out in the garage, and Nath done the advertising, and um, lo and behold, they started selling. All the big companies in Britain started having them. They said, this is the best tool on the market. There's nothing to touch it. And um, away it went from there. We got the uh, first rally we did was in 1989 at Dover. And um, I took a 1,000 quid in one day, oh, sold out of tools, you know. And uh, we had Jimmy Sierra over. 
And uh, Jimmy had a stainless steel invader. He says, man, this is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and he bought um, uh, a coach party over and they all had black added trails, you know. Yeah. And that's how it went. Well, how did you guys come up with the, with the name? It uh, was... Um, it was well. We was in the <clears throat> in the. We needed a name, and I said, "Well, I just don't know what to call it." And at the time, uh, Black Adder had come out on the telly. Yeah, with Rowan Atkinson. Uh, well, what a, my friend said, a friend of ours says, um, "Well, it's it's a black tool, so it's got to be black something." It's and it's like an advanced digging aid, and I said, "That's it." A-D-A, Advanced Digging Aids, Black Advanced Digging Aids, and that's how we come up with a name. And, so you uh, pronounce it Black, Black Ada or Black Ada? Well, it isn't Black Ada. It's, um, it's Black Advanced Digging Aids, but what happened was when I went on to the, the second rally at Dover, I dressed up as a Viking, and it's on our, um, uh, our, website. our website. And you can see me in my Viking gear, and I got the nickname, the Black Adder. And it ain't Black Adder. Black Adder is just ADA, Advanced Digging Aid. It's, they call me the Black Adder, and I got the name, and it was it's known basically all over the world as the Black Adder. <laughs> and that's how it went, like, you know. But you can see me and my wife, Zena, on, on our website. There's a link on our website, and you'll see it on there. So you guys have a shop that you are building these all in, and and you're, you're and Matt, you're there, and 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 Nate, yeah. you're there, uh, uh, yeah. building all these tools. And you guys, have, you have a professional shop, or are you still working out of your garage, as you guys say, <laughs> the garage, no, garage. No, um, we've got a, a, a proper factory. Um, probably the last uh, two years now, um, we we used to have the tools made out uh, for us. Um, but we, we did actually start making them ourselves, but you, m m m uh, Archie's uh, health, uh, he, he, he contracted diabetes, so uh, we, we ended up um, putting them out to be made uh, wow. rather than stopping manufacture altogether. So we, we, Matt and uh, myself came on board and uh, we took the decision to uh, set up a, a proper manufacturing facility uh, near to where we live in West Brom. So do you guys have employees, or is this just a family business operation? Oh, it's mainly a, a family business, but we do bring in uh, a sort of casual labourers and when we need them, normally peak times of the year. Yeah, and um, exactly, uh, you know, you guys have, you've been working on everything from sand shovels to hand trowels to uh, just like the one I have, the advanced, uh, the extended invader. Um, you guys are constantly trying to advance and push even what you guys have, what I thought was perfection. You're trying to advance perfection. Um, you know, I recently from talking with Nathan over the last, I think it was eight months, uh, I know something new's come coming out and, uh, um, I thought, uh, maybe it'd be the perfect time for you guys to share it and let us know about what's about to come out. Right. Uh, what we've got coming through, um, in the next uh, few weeks, it's the, Blackadder Gladius, it's a stainless steel uh, shovel, it's about waist height in length and it's got the new uh, boot saver on there. Again, uh, a lot of feedback, people are splitting the boots from um, these XP machines and whatever, they're, 
they just can't stop digging holes, basically. Yeah. So they're wrecking these, like, 70 quid boots, and they've asked if we could do something about making a better purchase for the, the foot to go on as they're kicking, you yeah. know, in the dirt and whatever. So we've bought the uh, Gladius out with this new boot saver with uh, little little grips on top of the foot piece for the, uh, you know, the wet weather. Um, and so it's a cracking bit of kit. It's, it's up for... Um, on the search magazine, they're doing a bit yeah, of a Yeah, we've got a, a, a piece of editorial going into the search magazine um, uh, next issue. Um, so uh, you might want to uh, have a look for that. The um, we, We've had it field tested. Uh, <coughs> Gary from uh, the search magazine has yeah. kindly gone out and uh, put it through its paces and um, basically can't find fault with it. He says it's an absolutely amazing tool. And it's his uh, weapon of choice now, to quote him. Yeah, definitely. If uh, if Gary from Searcher Magazine's been out there digging this thing up, I guarantee he's been putting it through some rigorous abuse. Yeah. So, so this guys, is 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 this a full a full time uh, gig that you guys are uh, making these shovels? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's full on. It's full on. Yeah. So now, when you're in the when you're in the shop, does does your dad Archie does he come in there and start, you know? Throwing his weight around and <laughs> yeah, start yelling at you guys get to work. Why aren't you on time? <laughs> I had to, I had to come in and crack the whip. You know what I mean? Like you know, get them going. Like you know, warm the place up. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest argument at now, the moment. Where's the, where's yeah. the Christmas do going to be held this year? Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to so pay for how- Christmas? Uh, how, you started how long ago making these shovels? Like how many years ago? Like we started. Um, I actually when it, when I first started metal detecting uh, was at the uh, latter end of 1981 when I invented the tools, and then I was I was because I was out of work for nine years, and um, we I started making them and my friends, and then it, it run into like twenty and thirty people at a time, and of course. I started charging them like a fiver and this that five pound that is, and, uh, and I was making quite a few. And then they said, like my wife said, make them professionally. So as I said before, Al Atkins said to me, "You've got to make these arch." Then fantastic. So in 1989, we actually started Blackadder off as a as a proper as properly a proper, fledged proper company. company. So you guys um, are approaching. You're three years away from your 30 year anniversary. It's yeah. a big one. Yeah, yeah. the big one, yeah. That'll be. Yeah, you're going well, to have to... I'm 70 now. <laughs> you're going to have to get one of the first shovels, one of the rippers, get it dipped in gold, put it on a plaque, and present it to your <laughs> dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good now, question. Now, are you, are you yeah. guys uh, um, worldwide, as far as selling, you know, how how many uh, units go out, like, say, to the United States, or or who's your, who's your probably your biggest country as far as... Uh, Units going oh, France, out. France is probably our biggest country, but um, I mean, we we do go all over the world. Um, it, it does. It, we, we we do. We we try our, our hardest to get into uh, America, but what what we find is um, uh, distribution holds that process up because it costs actually more to post the goods than the goods actually cost themselves. Oh, so geez. we need to work on that. But we, we've 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 sent them all over the world. We need somebody like Kelly Cow to actually uh, tell us what kind of quantities they want 
so we can get onto our, our government will help us, you see, to make them, you know, and produce more, manufacture more. But we need to know of somebody like Kelly Cow and what kind of quantities we, you know, they want. So we've got some idea, but... Uh, That's the upshot, it's bulk. Yeah, we, need, yeah. we need to ship in bulk to get them to the States. Nobody's yeah. getting back to us, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, I can understand that because the import taxes and the shipping itself, I don't yeah. think I don't think import taxes would affect you guys because normally your your tools are under the the forty pound mark, I believe. Yeah, majority are. Yeah, and uh, so that would kind of uh, bypass any kind of taxes, but it's going to be the shipping because it is a solid built digging utensil or digging accessory. So our shovels out here cost anywhere between a decent one between seventy five and ninety dollars, and yours are are forty. English pounds, which is about $60 American. Um, that's a really good price for the type of shovel you guys are building, the quality that you guys have. I think that's something that we would love to help you get this uh, in the mainstream here in the United States. Any ideas, Lance, how we can help these guys out and bring those shovels to America? Well, the good news is is that uh, beginning of 2017, uh, we're going to be opening up the GDA shop online. Isn't that correct, Dave? That is correct. So there might be no. a place that we might be able to introduce uh, some of the Black Etta digging utensils. I'll ship them straight out from where I'm at in Germany so that Black Etta doesn't have to incur any of the costs. Um, and then we'll ship them over to the United States, and then uh, we'll see if we can introduce them into the American market and kind of drum up a little bit of the interest in them, which would then cause demand from the United States and hopefully bring some of these amazing digging utensils uh, over to the U.S. market. Yeah, well, I, I think with the cost, it's exactly and, what we want. Yeah. Uh, if we can drum up the interest, I think people will start swarming. I think that's exactly what's going to end up happening. They're going to see the quality is there. Well, what I'd like to do, guys, for you is um, do a little bit more of advertising on our Facebook page um, and also especially on my like page because um, we do have 5,600 5, people on there. Um, the like page has about 4,000 people on there. Um, you guys, if you want to put together some kind of uh, – an advertisement, a picture advertisement, we can pin yeah, it up sure. on our Facebook post. Uh, we'll, like, say we'll put it up every Tuesday and we'll keep it up for 24 hours or something like that. Uh, unless we have something important that we have to pin up there, we'll leave it up there. Um, so you guys just get a little bit more exposure. And I think this will really help you guys out and hopefully sell some more shovels. That's much appreciated. Cheers, Dave. Yeah, it's not yeah. it's not a big issue. It's a, definitely something we need to do. Well, I think it's time for our first break, Dave. Yeah, let's do that. Um, we'll, when we come back, I want to talk to um, Archie a little bit. Uh, he's got a lot of friends in the mu music industry that actually do metal detecting, and some of them are going to really blow your mind. Yeah, so we'll talk about that when we come back. I'm Dave D. along with Lance Goolsby, and we're talking with Nathan, Matt, and Archie of Black Ada, and we'll be right back after these messages. Hello, this is Butch Holcomb of American Digger Magazine. Rallies are an important part of metal detecting culture, and it is no different here in America. 
Here, though, we tend to call them organized digs or organized hunts. Most of them are held at Civil War sites, and perhaps the most successful is the long-running digging in Virginia, which just completed its 35th event in early November 2016. I was fortunate enough to attend this dig, which saw 400 people on 1,700 acres. But there was plenty for everybody. This was virtually an unhunted Civil War camp near Washington, D.C., Culpeper, Virginia, and um, these guys lost a lot of stuff. The three-day hunt boasted finds from beyond the scope of average metal detecting with approximately, are you ready for this, 25 Civil War buckles, including several Confederate ones, several hundred marked military buttons, again, including about a dozen Confederate ones, and some really cool coin finds. Now, this isn't a coin hunt. It's a Civil War relic hunt, but the soldiers did lose coins, and I saw a U.S. penny which was found that has an 1858 Flying Eagle scent on one side, and the obverse has an 1859 Indian head. So you have a flying eagle scent and an Indian head. They're one coin, I swear. It's rumored that these were made by the U.S. Mint to commemorate the transition from one design to the other, but all we know for sure is that it's extremely rare. I've heard of one other one being dug up, and coincidentally, it was just a few miles from this place. Another landmark find was the recovery of a bullet dump which contained almost a thousand sectional shaler bullets. These 58 caliber lead rounds consisted of three pieces and were designed to separate in flight. They didn't work. They were hated by the soldiers who complained of inaccuracy and substantial recoil and for these reasons they were only issued for a very short time making them very rare at least until this hunt, because at this hunt there was close to 1,000 of these complete bullets found out of one hole, and what is believed to have happened is this is where the soldiers were en masse throwing all the bullets that they just didn't like. So government waste even during the Civil War. As for myself, I managed a handful of mini bullets and buttons, including a pretty scarce Rhode Island State Seal button. The hunt was fun, and it's unseated. These are all natural finds left by the soldiers. And I suggest anyone wanting to experience American Civil War relic hunting to attend an upcoming event. It really might even be worth your while to travel across the pond for this. It's three days. Generally speaking, it's around $250, sometimes $300. So it's not a very expensive ordeal. Find out more about it in the upcoming American Digger magazine. We'll be featuring the hunt in our January issue, so don't miss it. Also, information about the hunt you can find out by visiting mytreasurespot.com. Let me say that any of the organized hunts are fun and any of the rallies are fun, but this one was one beyond the call. Well, this is Butch Holcomb, American Digger Magazine, still searching for America. They poured hot lead 
into the mold and born a bullet was I. Three rings and a point grew hard in the cold of a triune Tennessee night. It was late November, the worst was to come, and I lay with the others of my kind. They longed to be fired, thirsted for blood, but I prayed on that triune night. Don't make me fly out on that field to kill and then to fall. If I was made for this, I wish I'd not been made at all on that triune, triune, triune night. A hand reached deep into the bag where my brothers and I did rest. He pulled me out this gentle saying yes this one is the best into my side he carved a rose in the other his sweetheart's name and i heard his prayers fall softly down while i whispered up Simple rose and the dear sweet name. 
Black ADA are not only our sponsor, but they're also really good friends of mine. So what I'd like you to do is head over to www.blackada.com and see for yourself the wonderful line of advanced digging accessories that they have available on their website. Now, I know what you're thinking. Uh, digging utensils specific for metal detecting are going to be way overpriced. Well, let me burst that bubble, buddy. Each one of their items are extremely affordable, so they could be bought by just about anybody. And there's a reason why they're considered one of the best digging accessories on the planet. Each one of their items has reinforced shafts to really thick welds that can really stand just about any abuse you throw at them. I have the Stingray and I've been using that on a hard packed field that has a whole lot of stones in it. And believe me, it's been tearing through all that like they were butter. And that Extended Invader is one of the greatest things that I have for open fields. There's no need now to bend over and dig a hole then rescan it with the metal detector. I can dig a hole while standing up and then scan the hole with my metal detector to see if I've got the object out. It really saves my old knees. So head over to www.blackada.com and I guarantee you won't be disappointed with the objects that you see on their website. From sand scoops to shovels, everything that they got is some of the best on the planet. That's blackada.com. So as soon as we get done with this podcast, head over there. Don't go over there right now. Go over there as soon as you get done with the podcast. No, seriously, not right now, after the show. All right, we're back. You're listening to the GDA podcast with your host, Lance Goolsby and Dave D. Uh, we're with Nathan, Matt, and Archie from the Black Added team. And joining us right now, another metal detectorist from the UK. Uh, he has a site uh, called, I guess, Heavy Metal Detecting. Is that right, Gary? That's spot on, yeah. yeah spot on. Yeah, All right. We, we dig to the max and we walk to the max. Hey, Gary... <laughs> Gary Fenn out of the UK, heavy metal detecting, detectorist. And Gary, the reason why we got you here, because you're a unique kind of a character. I mean, you incorporate heavy metal music into metal detecting. I only know one other person that does that in the United States. And actually, she's a friend of yours, uh, Kimmy Price. But how did you get involved in, well, metal detecting, first of all, and then incorporating the heavy metal music? Yeah. Oh, uh, Dead simple, dead simple. Um, YouTube videos. Um, my sort of interest in history was, you know, goes back years, and it's, it's something that's always uh, sort of caught my eye. Metal detecting, but I've never sort of thought, well, shall I go for it? And then you see that that little uh, JPEG on YouTube. You know, someone's found something interesting, some historical artifact. Um, in this case, it was sort of World War Two stuff, and I thought. Wow, you know, look what they're finding. Um, let's, let's, let's look into it. So click on the video and uh, you get sucked in and go from there. Wow, they're finding, you know, World War II stuff and blah, blah, blah. And you think, you know, yeah, I fancy a bit of that. I could I could try that. Um, what's going to be on offer to me in my area, you know? And you go from there. Yeah, and how, how exactly uh, did metal detect, uh, excuse me, heavy metal music kind of get incorporated into your videos? Um, yeah, cause a lot of people, I mean, I can see the relation between metal, you know, where metal detectors, uh, but is that exactly what it was for you? It was kind of a play on the word for metal, for metal detecting? Yeah. Well, it was kind of a, a way of, um, you know, killing two birds with one stone, really. I, I, I fancy doing, making videos and I thought, well, what should I do? Metal detective videos or music videos or 
guitar videos or whatever. So I just thought, well, why not just throw them all into one bag and mix it up and uh, you know see if anyone sort of uh, channels into it and, and likes it. So uh, it was it was just a way of incorporating a lot. So it, it gives me a good scope. I, you know, I can throw this in and throw that in and change this and change that. I can definitely see how you. I can definitely see how you and Kimmy get along. Voice, she yeah. has the exact same kind of mentality. She loves her rock and roll music and her her metal detecting, and just figured out a way to kind of incorporate all of it together. Well, Gary, we have our guest from the Black Atta team here, and mm. and Archie, the senior representative of the team, um, he's got some really interesting stories, and I'm I'm thinking you're gonna wanna. You're going to want to really uh, sit down for this one. Um, Archie, you know a lot of um, metal detector, detectorists. Is that a word, detectorist? Or do you just call them metal detectors um, <laughs> out there that are really well-known musicians? Um, and you kind of shared some of the stories uh, earlier with us uh, before we went on the air. Um, yeah. Could you just tell us a little bit about how you got, how you met these these guys and who? Well, uh, how it started was um, I'd, I'd been out of work a long time, you know, and um, we had uh, I used to mend the cars, you know, welding, spraying on cars, and, and my best friend is Alan Atkins, out of the Judas Priest. He formed the Judas Priest heavy metal rock band, and. Um, he bought his car around one day and it, somebody tried to get in the boot of his car and uh, he left it with me and I, I mended the boot, sprayed it and everything. And the next the next day his wife came round to uh, collect it and I said, oh, where is he? Where's Alan? And they said, he's gone out metal detecting. And I said, I, wow. I said, I don't know he did metal detecting. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, I'm you interested in that. I said, I ain't off. I'd always wanted to do that. Anyway, the night when Alan came round to, for us to go for a drink, uh, was in the pub. I said, oh, I don't know you did metal detection. He said, well, I like to keep low profile on that one, you know. And um, I said, oh, great. I said, can I come out with you? He said, I'm you interested. I said, yeah. He said, well, I'll arrange it with the other two guys. And the other two guys, uh, uh, as I've said before, one was Broibasticus, a Caventicus, and they called me Articus Barbaricus. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I, I went out with them for the, uh, the first time, and I hadn't got a detector. I, and um, then I, I got hooked on it, and I says, I've got to get me a detector. Well, Broibasticus got me a, a cheap C-scope 770D and um, I went out um, detecting the first time and it was in the the back end of 1981, uh, it was around about November and it was really frosty and cold. Ah. I bought a cheap digging tool from one of our companies over here, Spear and Jackson, I don't know whether you've heard of them, um, and it, uh, within a minute it had bent and I couldn't dig with it. I thought, oh, dear. Well, me being a tool maker, I thought, I'm going to make a tool that'll break through this uh, thermal frost light. So I invented the ripper. 
and um, it, it looked like a medieval fighting weapon. <laughs> and I lead loaded the handle and put the plastic handle on the top, and it did battered, battered through anything, you know. And the guard stopped you slipping down the uh, the tube and it's in the top of the blade. And um, oh, it was fantastic. And all the guys says, uh, you got to make us once out. I made some more. And then other friends came in and I made more and more. And and then at the end, Al Atkins, out of the Judas Priest, said, Archie got to make these professionally. So I, um, I said to Alan, I said, well, I'll make them professionally if you start writing your songs again. So Alan started writing his, writing his songs again, and Kevin, he started writing a book, which that's a bit of a long story, but he, he got out nearly two million sites in Britain to go on. That's from, met from down from the Stone Age oh, to um, uh, picnic sites up to the 1950s. Uh, anywhere on the on in Britain, you know, and um, but that's another story. It's a bit long to go into. And uh, anyway, Alan started writing his songs, and he he's got about I think he's about twelve or fourteen albums out now. <laughs> uh, you can I say he's you can get in touch with him on uh, alakins dot com. Like you know, get on in touch with Al, um, and uh, and then uh, he went from there, and it, we just started. Uh, the very first rally in, uh, it was 1988, actually. That was just before I went professional. And um, we sold a 1,000 quidsworth in uh, about, uh, I think it was about five or six hours altogether. And uh, that was a lot of money for us, you know. And then in 1989, we started professionally. And um, the Blackadder went absolutely bananas then. It... Uh, they, they came in from uh, Germany, Holland, um, Sweden, Denmark, and um, United States, uh, and uh, buying them. Jimmy Sierra bought a, a coach trip over from the States, and uh, he went mad about it, Jimmy. Uh, he, uh, we, get, we presented him one, uh, one of the stainless steel invaders. Oh, and he loved that one, like, you uh, know. And um, it just grew bigger and bigger, and people saying that they're the best thing out, them really nice, because we tried to get the quality into it, you know, tried to make it a good quality. But uh, also going back into music, um, if you, on, well, I've got more band because I had a band as well on in YouTube. Called, we used to be called the Mustangs back in when we we was kids, you know. And if you go onto YouTube and punch in original Mustangs Paddy, you'll see actually see me playing the guitar so that you can tell the folks in the States and they can have a look at me playing. I do a, a song called Summertime Blues by Eddie Cochran, but I did my own version of it. Like, that's the music side of it. You know. Well, so uh, this is the uh, In Memory of Paddy McGee? Yeah, in memory of Paddy McGee. Yeah, yeah. He, he had cancer and died, you know. But uh, and we did we did that slot. I don't know that you've got it up now, but um, uh, the 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 lead guitarist Twink, uh, the drummer Rob, and me, and then the guy who's sitting on the side is Twink's brother, his younger brother, and he stepped in and. 
played the bit that Paddy was going to play, you know. Mm. And um, that's that's how that's a bit of the uh, music slot. But um, we um, we've sold to all sorts of people. Yeah, well, another music another. Stuff. I don't know. If you, you know Tom Jones? Have you ever heard of Tom Jones? Yeah, who hasn't heard of Tom Jones? Well, his band. What's up, Pussycat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Tom Jones is lead guitarist. His name Bill Parkinson, and he he wrote a famous record. It's called Mother of Mine. It was called, and um, he was a, he's a big friend of mine, and it, he got that many guitars in his house and unbelievable. But Bill, uh, I say you can get him. He's pictured of him up as well uh, on the um, on the web web. You'll get him, and. Um, Bill, uh, Bill Pardon? There's Bill Warren, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Bill Warren. Bill Warren. I had. Uh, I was in sitting in my office one day, and the phone went, and um, a guy says on the other end, "Hi, Archie." I says, uh, "Hello there." He said, "Bill." I said, "Bill." Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know who he was, and uh, he <laughs> says, um, "Well, you said uh, I need uh, some shovels off you, Archie." He says, uh, "I want six stainless steel invaders." I said, okay, yeah, right. And then uh, I said, where's your address? And when he gave me his address, it was Norfolk, like, you know. <laughs> and it was Bill Wyman at the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Uh, he's I not mean, the only Rolling Stone that you've sold to either, is he? Pardon? He's not the only Rolling Stone that you've sold to either, is he? Now, I've only talked to Bill Wyman, actually. But Keith Richards does metal detecting as well. But I, I never, I never spoke. I haven't spoke to Keith Richards, like you know. And um, he's right. He's, book, he's, wasn't he's he? got a book. Uh, Bill Wyman's got a book out called Bill Wyman's Treasure Island, a really cracking book. And it shows it shows you all the the finds that have been found in in Britain, all gold and everything. Oh, it's a fantastic book. And I rec highly recommend it to all the detectives like out there. That can get hold of it. It's a fantastic book. Well, but inside can... the book, he's, he's got a picture of Bill digging with one of our invaders, a black invader, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the book is available on Amazon, so anybody wanting to take a look yeah. and see Bill Wyman using one of the Black Adder, uh, yeah. check it out. It's uh, Amazon.com. It's called Bill Wyman's Treasure Islands. So, Gary, get back, getting back to you, what um, the, types of, the type of music that you listen to, uh, what it would What's your top five bands that you guys uh, that you guys use for, for your videos? Oh, blimey. Um, <laughs> well, I, I pretty much run the full sort of spectrum of rock music, so anything that from the like 60s the Spades, to the present Gary? day, really. Um, if I had to <laughs> say a top five, uh, Rolling Stones would certainly be in there. Uh, Black Sabbath would be in there. Led Zeppelin, Iron Maiden. Uh, what, what about the Monks? Do you ever hear of the Monks? No. <laughs> you never heard of the Monks out of England? No, no. You guys, no. you guys hear the? You, nobody heard. You, you hear the Monks, uh, Archie? Did you ever hear of the Monks? Uh, well, I'd have to listen to the, the band, the Monks. No. Uh, well, no. you know what? You know, because you guys are from England and Gary's from England, and in all this no, English accents going French, around, I'm going to yeah. give you guys. A little bit of my English accent. I'm going to sing you a little verse from the monks. 
And you tell me if you recognize it, all right? I think I need to leave the room now. Uh, I'm doing this a cappella, so give me a break here. <laughs> I don't have a band with me, all right? All right, okay. this, is, this, is, this, is, this is from one of the, uh, the first couple lyrics from, from one of their songs. Ready? And then I'm going to do it in my English accent, which really doesn't matter because when you sing an English accent, it sounds American anyway. So, yeah, all right, here we go. You met her on a blind date, helping out an old mate, waiting at the corner. She'd be dressed in black. There was I expecting a really tasty bird. He said she was good looking. I should have doubted his word. When I saw her, I learned she was a real disgrace. I thought, nice legs, shame about the face. Yeah. Now, you guys, now, don't, yeah. You guys don't remember that song? Yeah. Uh, yeah, vaguely. I, I would never know the artist, though. So that's, that's, uh, that's, yeah. that's new to me. The actually say face, they say boat yeah, and then he goes into another verse where he says he says boat race. Now, why? I'm going to ask you guys why do they say boat race for face? I mean, how does that correlate? It's a it's Cockney. a rhymed Cockney Cockney rhyme. Cockney rhyme. It's yeah. like uh, apples and pears. That's up the stairs. Apples and pears. Um, whistle and flute. Suit. Whist, whistle and flute. That's your suit. <laughs> Because that's what he said. In the next verse, he'll say, nice legs, shame about the boat race. And I never understood why boat race, you know? If he boat, <laughs> if he boat race, ugly face. <laughs> nice legs, shame about the boat race. <laughs> All right, well, I'm never going to be on The Voice, so I hope you guys appreciated that one. We, we, uh, I think Dave re deserves a round of applause for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. I got three shows on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Lance, Lance, we actually come from the black country, and um, it's right in the centre of England, and uh, a lot of people can't understand the way we talk. Uh, it goes back to Saxon times, and a lot of it is still used. Um, around, well, where we come, it, we, we say, for now, we say now, and you, we say yo, and that's going back to Saxon times, you know. And uh, so instead we, of girl, instead of girl, we'd say wench. What do you guys call a cigarette out there? Things like this, you know. Uh, but, um, black country is also the birthplace of heavy metal, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The black country is the birthplace of heavy metal. So, you, let me let me show you my ignorance as an American. Um, the Archie's accent sounds kind of like Australian Aussie Osborne's accent. Is it kind of the same area where yeah, you yeah, come from? Sure. He lives about eight mile away from us, Oh, okay. So not, the the not, accent not, is not, from not the same. Now, not now, but uh, it did then. You know. Well, yeah, then. We're I'll back in Black Sabbath. A friend of mine, I haven't seen him for quite some years. Huh? You know Noddy Older? Noddy Older. The band Slade. I now know the band. Here it is, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Everybody's having fun. Yeah. You know that one? It's Christmas. That's Noddy Older. <laughs> He's another friend of mine. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I definitely know those ones. I know the songs. I definitely do know yeah. them. And um, so, Gary, okay. so we, you remember the move? Go ahead. Get the fire the brigade. Get the fire brigade. The place is really starting to burn. 
I'm just sitting and watching flowers in the rain, watching the power of the rain, making the garden grow. That's the move. Well, this this has definitely become a very musical episode. Gary, don't you think like me and Archie could just be like singing one of your videos? You know, when your metal detecting videos, me and Archie just get together and we'll do a little tune for you. Dave, he wants to get people I watching his videos. a Bitcoin. <laughs> Something like that. No? Well, Dave. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know. He's trying to game watchers. Right. Yeah, go, go well, I think. I'm sure if he wanted you to sing, that that would be the point when he wants to lose watchers. <laughs> I'm saying my YouTube watches, what, 214, 213, 212, it's going down, it's supposed to go up. So Gary, you're using like major, major labels and in your metal detail. How in England can you guys get away with using titles and tracks and stuff for your videos? And here in the United States, we try to do that. They'll just, they'll just say, uh, we can't post your video on YouTube. But over there, you guys can do it. I don't understand that. So how do, how how come in England and the UK or Europe, you're even Lance, you got busted once for that in Germany. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. How 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 uh, how come you guys can do it in the UK? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it all depends on the owner of the music's policy. Um, some will let you. I mean, they all basically have the rights to advertise on your video as soon as you use their music um some will do that and let you use the music some will simply block you and not let you use the music ah. so you have to sort of try and uh, check what's available to you before you sort of put the artist in it, it really is a hit and miss affair but um there are ways of getting around it you can use live tracks which are not protected by copyright etc etc so you've got to just play around with it really and until you get something that goes through the system and becomes usable but i, I do try and tend to check what i use first and if 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 it can be played you know i put it on there basically um obviously i can't make any money from any of my videos because they do have um copyrighted material so yeah you know i'm limited to what i can do with it but uh you know, it's all—it's just fun for me. So, yeah, I mean, so Gary, that's how we go. Like, go ahead, Lance. No, no, that's that's exactly what I was trying to say. Uh, because I had a, a issue. I did a local uh, video, a music video, I guess you could say it for uh, a paintball team that was here in in the town where I live, Schweinfurt, and it was split up into two videos. Uh, one of the songs had um, I can't remember what the band was on that first one, but that one got hit and by the the copyright owner and once that happened i wrote it was disturbed was the owner of the second song and once that happened i then um sent an email with a con uh, connection to the video to the copyright owner and i've got i got the okay to continue using it um and like you, I can't monetize it. I don't make any kind of money off of it, but it's fun to actually be able to do that. No, no. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never actually gone down that road of emailing an owner. I've simply checked whether it can be used via YouTube's um, tools, which you can, which you can do. Um, and if nothing gets picked up, and they they simply recognise it and say you're using it, it will be um, 
advertise, you know, people, the owners will advertise, then that's fine. I'll, I'll use it then. That's not a problem. Yeah. yeah. But some obviously are a bit more strict and, and they will just cut you dead saying, no, your video is muted. Then you have to go back to the drawing board and think of a way around it. So, <laughs> you know, it is, um, it is a bit of a minefield. I think it's kind of funny how this this video, this uh, this episode today, uh, I guess this is going to be called the episode of rock stars because uh, we're going to be taking a, another break here in a second. And uh, but I guess we're going to be bringing in one of Gary's greatest friends. Uh, Siren Kimmy is coming on with her segment. And uh, we're going to go ahead and cut there. And then we're going to be bringing on yet another guest to today's show. What a plethora of entertainment <laughs> and GDA. This is the beginning yep. of the GDA roundtable <laughs> discussion, I guess. Wow. All right. Well, let's go take that break. Uh, right now, we're listening to uh, the GDA podcast with Lance and Dave. Uh, so far, we have the Black Atta team from, uh, from the UK, Nathan, Matt, and Archie. And we're also here with the uh, Heavy Metal Detecting with Gary Finn. And when we come back, we're going to be visiting with uh, Sean Woods. Yep. And he's got another new uh, interesting uh, product. We'll, we'll see when we come back. But we'll it's got to do with metal detecting. That's all I know, right? Yep. All, all right. right. We'll be right back after this. Well, this is one rock and rolling episode of the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and take this time in this commercial break to go ahead and remind you to head on over to our website. That's www.global-detecting.com. You'll be able to find all our podcast information about Dave and I, plus links to our videos. Be sure to check out our videos on YouTube as well. Mine are under Detecting Bavaria with Lance and XP Deus. And you can find Dave by doing a search on YouTube for v3i sweeper also make sure that you head over to xp metal detectors and check out their website at xpmetaldetectors.com and if you have an xp deus make sure that you check out their classroom where you can learn how to use the unbelievable features that the xp deus has that website is www.xp-detectors.co.uk so make sure you go over there and check them out I guarantee you will not be sorry. So I'm done talking for now, at least on this commercial. So let's get back to the show. Hi, everyone. Siren Kimmy here from Girls Rock Metal Detecting. Before I get started, I want to send a shout out to all the men and women who are serving and have served in the armed forces. Thank you so much for all that you do, and I hope you had an amazing Veterans Day. Now, this segment, I want to talk about something that I find terrifying. I find so scary, and I think I finally realized why that is, and I think I may have conquered this fear this weekend, and that is door knocking for permissions. Yes, I know we all love this so much. Um, I'm not sure what it is about approaching somebody's house, asking them to detect their property. That is so scary. Um, I know I'm a bit of an introvert. This is no secret. And it's really not that aspect of it. I, I can talk to people. I'm not 
one of those that <laughs> I have to hide out in my house and I, I can't come out and I can't socialize. I'm a social person. Um, but at the same time, there is just something about knocking on somebody's door. And it's, it's not a fear of rejection because I'm a grown adult and I have been told no enough times in my life, believe me. Um, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not afraid of the rejection other than the fact that, you know, if it's a property I really, really want to detect, I, I don't want them to say no, of course. But there's just something about, um, I don't know, being up in somebody's personal space, being an annoyance. And I can kind of take this back, I guess, to one of the very first jobs I ever had and the only job I was ever fired from. It was telemarketing, <laughs> selling magazines. Yes. Um, I remember this was back before the days of the do not call list. And um, when I would be at home, somebody would call while I'm trying to watch a movie or hang out with friends and try to sell something. It would be so annoying. And that was like, ah. Oh. I don't even know why I took the job because I really did feel it was such an annoying thing. Um, but needless to say, I was fired from this position because my productivity was so low because instead of calling people to sell magazines, I was calling my friends and talking to my friends instead. Um, so that did not work out for me. And again, it was it was more an idea that I was intruding. And, and that's kind of how I feel about door knocking that when I'm walking up to somebody's house, they may be eating dinner or watching a movie or spending time with family or maybe they're on the phone, I don't know. But I'm intruding in their world. I'm on their property, I'm in their space, and I have no right to be there. So I kind of had to approach this with an idea of, I'm not selling them a Hoover. I'm not asking them to give band candy, money for band candy. I'm not, um, I'm there just asking if I can metal detect their property and share my passion with them. And that's how I kind of tried to approach it. So I went to the first door and I knocked on the door and a nice lady answered and I simply said, hello, my name is Kimmy. I am a hobby metal detectorist and I look for old buttons and buckles and things from the past and I was wondering if you would be so kind as to allow me to metal detect your property. And you know what she said? She said yes. <laughs> Amazing how it works, right? So the more I got to doing this, I, I, I asked six people this weekend. And of those six people, four said yes. None of them were angry. None of them shut the door in my face. None of them hollered at me. Everybody was nice. Even the people that declined me. And the two that declined me were because the property did not belong to them and they didn't feel comfortable giving me permission to detect. So, look at the odds there. <laughs> four out of six people said yes. I have four new permissions that I wouldn't have had if I didn't go up and knock on the door. And in the process, I had some of the best conversations. When you talk about your passion, your passion shines through and it's hard for other people not to get excited with you. I had some of the best conversations talking about history, about the property. There are people that didn't realize that their property was in a Civil War area. I mean, we got to talk about history and we got to talk about the things that I find. It opened up an awesome dialogue and it was a great experience 
and I killed my fear. I am no longer afraid to knock on doors. And I think it really was the initial steps of just going up and doing it. And sometimes you just got to step outside of your comfort zone and do it. And I think that holds true for lots of things, not just knocking on doors, whatever your fear might be. The biggest thing about the fear is the fear itself, you know, not to be corny, but it's true. Cause once you get over it, again, I'm still standing here, I'm good. Um, and I knocked on doors and I got four more permissions. So <laughs> it's kind of an amazing thing really. So don't be afraid to do it, you guys. Just get out there and try it. Um, what do you got to lose? So until next time, be sure to check out Girls Rock Metal Detecting. Um, check out the YouTube channel because, of course, this uh, next week is going to be the Thanks Digging special where you get to see some of the awesome things that I dug up on these new permissions. Um, so get on over to YouTube and like and subscribe. Get over to my Facebook page, like that as well. And if you haven't, please, please, please check out my blog. You can see tons of rambling, such as you're hearing here, and uh, interact with me on some of the topics that I think are interesting or just that I feel I need to vent about. So get on over there and check it out. And until next time, everybody, don't forget rock metal detecting. All right. So that was Kimmy Price and uh, a couple other commercials snuck in there. And uh, But right now I want to go ahead and uh, let everybody know if you've watched any of my videos, you've seen me a couple times using an application on my iPhone called Miner's Mark. Miner's Mark is a, an app that was originally intended for gold miners and gold prospectors. And um, slightly with a little bit of my help, we were able to bring it into the metal detecting community and make it uh, an app that is a what I believe is a must-have for anybody who relic hunts. Because I've been using this app now for a good eight months, I believe it is. And I've been able to use this app plotting where my finds are. And basically, let, let's go back about three months. I found um, during the course of about two hunts, I found uh, six or eight coins. And plotting them with the miner's mark, I was able to figure out that it started looking like once I plotted those coordinates onto my Google Earth, that it looked like they were pretty much coming on a straight line. That got me believing that there was a road in this area or a horse path or something. Uh, that made me decide to go ahead and look for historic maps for the area, and lo and behold, I found <coughs> and discovered a forgotten horse path that used to run out of a town. And um, so I've got, we brought in the creator, uh, the owner of the company, it's a small company, who created this app, that the app again is called Miner's Mark, available on Google and uh, the iTunes store, and hopefully really soon on Amazon for anybody who uses the Android devices. So I'd like to go ahead and introduce uh, Sean Woods into our round circle of multiple people tonight. <coughs> Welcome, Sean. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, so the, uh, the Miner's Mark, it was originally, you are gold hunter or you're a gold miner correct yes. and um so what exactly was the original intention for the miners mark app well you know when i first uh, dreamed this up which uh, about it was about a year and a half ago um my thought process was around what tool do i not have when i'm out uh, gold mining and you know in the world of technology we're in, it, it just dawned on me, hey, I've got a phone in my pocket all the time, and it, it has some pretty uh, nifty features to it. 
So my initial concept was be able to mark those locations that you maybe want to come back to. Um, my my thoughts were around I've I've seen more places that were interesting to me that I've never gone back to than I'll ever remember. Mm-hmm. So that kind of started the the base concept of the application is using the GPS on the phone to mark a location and wrap some information around that, like notes and detailed notes and photographs and be able to mark that uh, via your GPS coordinates on a map. So you could go back to it. Now over that year and a half, the concept and the uh, potential usage has grown uh, quite a bit, which I personally love. I've gotten a lot of feedback over the last year and a half, and, mm. and uh, from you, Lance, about metal detecting, which opened my eyes to more and more uses for the application. So we're uh, continually adding functionality to work across the board. Uh, we've added quite a bit, even for the crystal hunters and miners out there. That's amazing. the The app, I can tell you, is extremely easy to use. Uh, it's got a really easy interface. It's basically hit a button, hit another button, type in a couple words, and you've got a plot saved, um, which for me makes it a lot easier. And just exactly for that, ex- the reason that I showed earlier or talked about earlier for discovering that road, um, it was later on when I was able to import the grid coordinates onto Google Earth and start plotting each one of those places that I realized it was a straight road. But my idea when I started using this, I believe it was uh, March or April, uh, when you approached and asked if you could advertise on our Facebook group. And I saw it and I started looking at the app itself and I became completely interested in it because you had planned it for the prospectors. You had asked me, uh, you know, you got some prospectors and uh, people in Australia who go prospect as well. Would you you know, allow me to advertise this. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then when I started reading on what it could do, I started seeing applications that we could use as far as metal detectors as well. Um, You were gracious enough to let me beta test it. And um, I shared in a couple videos how easy it was to plot locations. And even from that point, uh, the most recent one that I've used, it's it's a simple, easy interface, and I'm surprised that nobody's actually really thought of something like this before. Um, now, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, this kind of exposure will help you guys be able to reach more people, and I, I hope that metal detectors out there will especially the relic hunters. I think mostly for the relic hunters, it's going to really definitely help them out um, because you'll be able to plot locations and figure out where the high um, congestion of relics are and then figure out where you want to metal detect from that point and what possibly had happened at that point. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you bring that up, Lance, that it's, it's a simple and easy-to-use interface. Um, I've looked at similar apps for like fishing and those sorts of things just to get a comparison. And all of those are very um, network connectivity requirement heavy and, and lots of things going on. Mm. The, the idea for us was I want this to be a tool in your arsenal, not a fluffy app with lots of stuff you, you really maybe not care about when you're out in the field. So we've kept it simplified 
uh, again, we, we want it to be a tool and a tool needs to be easy to use and, and make sense. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. <laughs> so Sh- Sean, I got a question for you. This is Dave. Uh, yeah. Now you, you got a couple versions to this app and, uh, you can explain the, the difference in the, the different apps, uh, the different versions and, and also do you, you know, you use it off your phone. So do you need a signal to, for the app to work? Yeah, so I'll answer the signal question first. You do you the only signal you need is is GPS. Um, the app will function way out in the backcountry somewhere with absolutely no cellular or Wi-Fi type connectivity. Your phone will get GPS uh, independent of those. Um, on occasion, if you're somewhat shielded from a, a sky view, so a heavily wooded area, it may take a few minutes longer. Um, but we did include uh, an accuracy meter when you're uh, saving a site. So it will show as the accuracy uh, gets better and better, um, it yeah. will show that so that you can give it a few minutes if need be to pinpoint your location. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Out out anywhere, it will work. I've even tested it in a plane at 35,000 feet. And it's not really happy about getting GPS at 500 miles an hour, but it will do it. Um, yeah, you know, you got to test it everywhere, right? So, what about the different versions that you have yeah. for this? Yeah, so, so yeah, there, there's a, the basic version of Miner's Mark is free, and really, sorry. I have an alarm on my phone that decided now is the time to go off. <laughs> oh, I thought that was background music for the app. Uh, <laughs> I thought we were getting, I thought this you is know, the time when we go into yoga pose, crouching dog. <laughs> right. It's the Mustangs uh, playing uh, in the background. Yeah, right, that's right. So anyway, the, the versions. The, the core version of it, which, which fully functions um, as you would expect, is free. The limitation there is there's ads um, and uh, I'll be honest, the ads are mostly to annoy you to pay a few bucks to take the ads away. Um, but, you know, hopefully we make a dollar off of it here and there. Um, the only other real limitation to it is the number of sites that you can save on your device. Um, so the free version only allows you to save five sites on your device. The pro version allows you 10 versions on your device. I'm sorry, the full version allows only 10 uh, sites saved on the device. And then the pro version allows 20 sites on the device, but also unlocks other features such as multiple geo points on a site. So that's really useful when you want to start shading off an area on your map or tracking uh, an old horse trail. Yeah, that's 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 a kind um, yeah. of point that was uh, good for me, because uh, I find uh, areas that I, I refer to as the Tango Zulu, the trash zone uh, near me. So that gives me the uh, the ability to actually mark off that trash zone, the area that I want to avoid, because that's where pedestrians and people walking by have just tossed their trash into fields. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's in the pro version. Um, it is very useful. The reason that's only in the pro version is there is a heck of a lot of coding that goes on to um, manage those geo points. And especially when the cloud services come up, um, there's a, a heck of a lot of coding behind managing all those multiple coordinates on a site. 
Now, I would like to talk a bit about why some of those limitations are there and then the cloud services that, that give you some more space and places to store sites. Mm. Right now, we don't know. We can certainly calculate and take some guesstimations of how much storage a site or a grouping of sites is going to take on your device. Um, also, up in the cloud, so a site saved up there, we can guess at how much it's going to take data-wise, storage-wise, those sorts of things. And there, especially as the cloud services are concerned, there are costs to providing that service. So we are working as now the app is out and we'll get the cloud services up in a couple of weeks, understanding um, what those uh, you know, storage requirements are going to be and what the cost is on the back end for, for the storage or the cloud services. Um, what we, we have vision. We have dreams of where this app will go. Um, we're going to be working toward offline maps, for instance, so that even if you do not have cellular service, you can still download maps for the area you're, you're in, which again requires more space and more data transfer and all those things. Yeah. <clears throat> One thing we will do, um, I am not... I mean, I, I want to have a viable company. I'd rather work for myself than where I work now. Um, but I, we're not greedy. We're not out to dig into every uh, miner or metal detector's pocket. So as we go forward and we see what those requirements are, we may very well be uh, raising those levels as we go. And we will not raise the price of the app or the price of the monthly subscription for cloud services. We'll just simply expand what you get for that dollar. Um, I, I want very much for all of our users, um, if, if they're spending some money with us, which we'll appreciate greatly, but I want you to feel every time you use the app that this is worth every penny I've spent. That's fantastic. Now, the, the, the great thing about the cloud, I know personally from talking with you uh, prior, uh, the good thing about the cloud is that um, you guys will be introducing something hopefully pretty soon where all the sites that you have then marked are going to be able to then be downloaded onto a website on their laptop and they will or computer and then be able to see each one of their plugged marks directly on top of a map yes we're we're working toward the web service as well so you will be able to go to our website log in with the same credentials that you log into the app with and you'll have access to all your sites and the maps and uh, be able to make a lot of uh, decisions about pushing things back to your device, et cetera. Um, that will all be coming. Again, keeping in mind, we're a very small company. There's three of us. We have day jobs. Um, <laughs> we're we're doing our best to push out all these features, um, and that's where we really do need you know support of of all the communities, whether it's gold mining or metal detecting. Um, if you guys support us, we're going to support you guys on on additional features. Um, and that includes your guys' feedback, like we talked about at the beginning here. Lance, you provided feedback to us on, on how this would benefit uh, you and the metal detecting community. And we've implemented some of those things, and we'll continue to. We really want that feedback. Um, I think that's what will make it the tool that you say this is worth every penny for. Oh, and it, it already is. To, in my personal opinion, it's a great tool. Um, I'm definitely, definitely going to be using it for quite a while. Um, especially in the areas, my new permissions as well. Uh, nobody has metal detected there and very little history is known about the area. 
So this will definitely give us some insight into what's going on in that area. Absolutely. And, you know, there's there's some features on, on each site when you save a site. Um, you, you can choose to share it. You can choose not to share it. You can choose to put it in the cloud or, or not. Um, and I'll touch on that sharing point. Not that you'd necessarily want to share your permission information, but yeah. maybe you do. Or in, in a lot of cases, especially for gold mining and crystal digging and uh, fossils, all those things, there's a lot of public places out there that you can go for that. And I think if uh, those of us who know those places, uh, you know, mark them, share them, then other folks with the apps. And I'm thinking about, you know, people new to, to our hobbies. Uh, it'll give them ideas of places to go, which will help you know, garner interest in, in all of our hobbies, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, you know, the guys over at Black Ada, I think, I think you guys should try this uh, app out. I think you'll definitely love this. And uh, as much as I do, if not more than I do, because I know that this is uh, one of the tools that I always have with me, just like you said, it's always in my pocket and just about three clicks away from starting to mark locations. Yeah, it sounds fascinating. I think it's a really, really good idea. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, once I saw, once I saw what it was capable of, I started seeing the application that it could use in metal detecting. And I, I, my goal was to help him create something that might be able to reach out to more people. And uh, I think, you know, I, I don't mean to pat myself on the back, breaking my arm in the process, but <laughs> I think I hope I have at least done a little bit to. Uh, to open and share a new avenue that this uh, this application would definitely be useful for. I, I say you have Lance and, and and a lot of folks that are using it now are starting to get more feedback. Uh, again, yeah, I'm a gold miner. I've, I've been mining since I was 12. That is what my head is always wrapped around. Um, and I don't uh, pretend to know the best way the app can be useful to all the various uh, hobbies out there uh, around digging in the ground. Um, so that feedback's very in, important to us. And so you have been very helpful, and I hope we can make the app uh, even more useful for you guys. Well, you know, uh, we got a company that's right on the line. They got some of the best digging tools. You might be able to bring some of those out to get some gold nuggets while you're out di uh, digging up some gold nuggets. <laughs> Yeah, if I didn't have kids, I'd be out there digging gold more often. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's definitely, uh, we've definitely got to get you into metal detecting too. Uh, it's something that you and the kids can do at the same time. So, um, Dave? Yes. I think I'm still here. Yeah, I think we're coming down. Uh, the show's going on quite a while. We got quite a round robin of people today, and I really. Definitely want to thank everybody for coming in. This has been uh, a real amazing show. This is definitely our rock star show of the year. Christmas special. <laughs> well, everybody's everybody's speechless on that one. All right, we'll I fix was... it in post, guys. We'll, we'll, there won't be a blank there in post, right? <laughs> 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 Everybody uh, fell asleep at their at their monitors, right? I guess I've just been talking too much. I can put anybody to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wasn't thinking that, Lance. Come on. That mine is marking. 
Yeah, the miner's mark. Yeah, yeah. just check it out. Uh, you guys can look it up on online on Facebook. Uh, um, they got a site on Facebook. It's miner's mark, correct? Correct. Yeah. And the URL is basically www.facebook.com forward slash miner's mark, and that will get you to our page. There you go. Definitely check the guys out, or just go on to iTunes, type in miner's mark in the app section, <laughs> and the same thing on uh, Google Play, and you guys will definitely find it. Uh, it's definitely worth every penny that they're asking for, and they're not asking a lot of money. Uh, it's all right. Well worth it. Go ahead. Yep. All right. Well, before we, we take off, um, let's just go and um, go around the table and yeah. uh, we'll start off with, uh, well, last man up. Uh, last, we'll start with Gary. Gary, you have anything that you want uh, t to promote or a site that uh, you want us to, to promote to where we can find you and your videos? Yeah, definitely. Um uh, just put out a, a brand new video on uh, heavy metal detecting on YouTube. Fantastic! Um, it stars the star. The star of the video is actually my dog. Um, <laughs> he's got a couple of little segments in there, and he kind of steals the show. So that's worth seeing. Um, and just keep on there, uh, keep rocking, and uh, checking out the videos. I usually put out one every, every one a fortnight, something like that, and. Um, is yeah, so that's going to be at uh, youtube.com and just type in uh, heavy metal detecting, correct? Yeah, you can't really miss it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sean, how about you? Anything uh, before we leave? Uh, no, I just, uh, again, extend some uh, appreciation for you guys having me on and, and Lance uh, beta testing and giving us a lot of feedback. And certainly come visit us on Facebook. Give us a, a like and a follow, and uh, we'll keep everybody updated there on uh, what we're working on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, make sure you keep putting some posts on our, on our Facebook page and get some people coming out to you. Sounds good. Appreciated. Yeah, and uh, then we'll go across uh, the across the pond from me, and I guess actually from Dave as well, over to Black Ad. Uh, what you guys got coming up? So we got the uh, the Searcher magazine with the uh, Black Ad Gladius with the new uh, boot safe uh, feature. Yeah. Um, really looking forward to uh, a bit like the XB rally next year. Yeah, right? all the rally season kicking off next year. Really excited about that. Yeah, that's um, a, that's a good point. Just generally, generally um, just check out our website. It's um, blackada.com. Um, you can look at the new Gladius there. Uh, you can buy it. Uh, read up on Searcher, uh, review uh, the field test there. And, you know, just just check it out. It's a really good product. Yeah, definitely. The um, yeah. So the the thing is, is that you guys have actually done four really big uh, rallies this year, and hopefully, with luck, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. I think Dave and I are going to be traveling over to your neck of the woods and uh, hitting a couple ourselves next year if everything works good. out right. Compton was good. The <laughs> Compton Rally. Yeah. Uh, down by Plymouth, they're finding some really nice gold uh, coins down there. Oh, wow. The ones with the, uh, it's got a, a face on the front, but there was more of a stamp on the back. Wow. Uh, really old stuff, I mean. You, you know, the photos are out there on YouTube. 
Um, I've had my photo taken with one of the My Lab guys. Um, he, he was more than uh, over the moon <laughs> that weekend. That was straight into Compton, that rally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really good. Three months ago. Yeah, yeah really definitely remind me about that one. I'll see if I can get out there and we'll represent uh, the whole team. We'll represent Black Adder and XP Detectors out there. And uh, hopefully I can get my, my uh, I want to say sidekick, but I guess he's the larger voice of the group. Who's that? Who's he talking about? Hey, Lance, I was going to ask you. What about you? What do you have to promote? I Uh, see you got a new video out. I got a new video out. Uh, I got nothing else really to promote. (laughs) Well, next week or next week, our next show, I'm going to do my review on the Draper Shovel Hook, uh, an invention by Steve. Padley, Stephen yeah. Padley. Yeah, Stephen Padley. And, and you, you can see hit. Uh, he uh, advertises on our well, post an advertisement on our uh, the Global Detective Adventure Facebook page. You'll see that all the time. And uh, I'm going to do my review on that in a couple weeks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely will talk about that as well because I've been using one myself. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. I'm not going to give any clues away right now. All right. Well, that's going to do it. For today, for our show today, I want to thank all our guests. I want to thank uh, Sean Woods uh, from Miner's Mark and Gary Fenn from Heavy Metal Detecting. And keep the, yeah, keep rocking, brother. And the uh, Black Ada team, Dad Archie, and the younger son, Matt, and the oldest, Nathan. And I uh, appreciate everybody, all you guys coming on to the show and talking about your endeavors and uh really appreciate it it was a great show also want to thank our uh our uh, newscast uh from butch holcomb yeah and our special report from kimmy price and uh lance well i want to thank uh black Ada for taking the time and uh believing in this podcast hopefully we can help you guys keep reaching out and uh reaching more people you've really helped us out and we really wanted to kind of repay the same thing for you guys you guys we're definitely going to have you guys back on real soon we'll do definitely all right all the best all right and for everybody else sean thank you very much for coming gary rock on like you said (laughs) rock on all right we'll see you guys in two weeks hopefully with a very special announcement for the guest coming up hopefully within the next week so stay tuned on facebook until then let's dig it up y'all this has been a production of the gda podcast network